0: Welcome to Why Not Both. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I'm a musician and therapist in Los Angeles. Thank you so much to Under the Radar Magazine for hosting this season of my podcast. I'm really excited to be interviewing a bunch of musicians and artists about how their multiple passions inform their identity. This week's episode is with Kate Nash, who is absolutely fantastic. So I'm really excited to share it with you. She very graciously came to my friend's house in Silver Lake, where we often co work. So in this episode, you'll get to hear basically what it's like hanging out in the living room with me, my friends, and Kate Nash. If you like this episode and want to hear more, please make sure to like and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform and check us out on social media. We are at WNB the podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. Thanks again and hope you enjoy the interview. Full moon? Is yeah, full last moon? full moon
1: of the decade, 12/12 12, 12 on the 12th of the 12th. So is that why everyone's oh, yeah, going bonkers? 12, 12, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Full moon, yeah. <laughs> That's why everything's extra zesty.
1: Yeah. Amazing.
0: <laughs> Slash /terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're all good. <laughs> On that note, welcome to Why Not Both. Hi. <laughs> we are here with Kate Nash. I'm here. You are here. I'm here. <laughs> thank you so much for coming out to Silverlake. Hi. Oh, thanks for having me to our to our cozy co work spot. It's so cute here.
2: Oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> so the first question that I ask everyone always is, "What do you do?" And is there a better question to ask you?
1: Mm. Um, I'm a musician. And an actress, um, I yeah. What do you do is such a weird question, isn't it? Because I feel like when I'm in out in a social situation and someone asks, "What do you do?" Yeah, it feels really natural to want to ask someone that because you're interested. But when you get asked it, you feel it, there's times when it can almost feel like you're being attacked. That, I'm yes. like, well, I blah blah blah, and I've been doing this, and blah, blah. and you feel really defensive and insecure, yes. and like you haven't, you don't do enough.
0: Yes, so it's a weird question. Yeah, because that's interesting that you bring up that defensive feeling, because mm. I tend to feel like defensive, and also like, how much do they really want to know? Like, you're right, like, you're like, how much do I reveal? Do I only talk about <laughs> it? Like, causes an
1: gonna... uh, existential crisis really quickly. <laughs> what do you do? You're like. <laughs>
0: So basically, the start of the podcast is a twirl into the abyss. Yeah,
1: perfect. I like to start every podcast.
0: <laughs> You're like, I'm glad I'm in this living room. Now, now we're staring at the abyss. Yes. Yeah. Let's jump into the abyss. Exactly. <laughs> what What might be a better question to ask, like, if God. someone is approaching you? I don't know. How, how's it going? <laughs> <Yeah>. Have, you, <laughs> Have you been?
1: Uh, I don't know, like, what do you what do you, What? I don't know
0: I sometimes ask people, I guess in real life I'll ask people, like, oh, like, what does your day usually look like? Right, that's a good way that way I take less pressure off so someone doesn't have to feel like they're trying to prove
1: something yeah, or have it be about, like,
0: productivity or, like, something like that I
1: I think, I'm trying to think, like, because I did notice that in myself that I like to ask because I also, there's a weird thing you you almost feel rude if you don't say oh, what do you do? like Because it's almost like You're not interested in them if you don't ask. But but because I know how it makes me feel, sometimes I try to avoid it. And I feel like I try to, like, you know, build the conversation around something else that's a distraction. And, like, we might get around to that, but I don't want it to be the first thing I ask.
0: Well, and also sometimes I find that you might have more in common with someone that you might initially think. Like, if someone says to me, like, oh, I work in accounting. I'm a
1: systems analyst. You're like...
0: You're like, what I don't
1: even that? know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my dad's job, actually. What is, what is that? <laughs> it's what do you do? coding. It's like he looks at, like, back, like um. his computer screen looks like the Matrix to me. I don't know what it <laughs> <he>
0: really does. <laughs> it literally is like that. Like, what does it look like right now? Like, I know that you've worked on a lot of stuff musically, obviously. Mm. What's your latest music that you are working on?
1: I'm working on a new album. Yeah. Yeah. I just made, really like, evil fingers. You're, I'm like, yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm actually really excited about it because um, I recorded it with my guitarist, Linda Barato, oh, cool. who's an Italian um, guitarist, and she is, like, the best guitarist in the world. I think she's amazing. <gasps> she's got the best energy. I mean, like, both one of the best people I've ever met and one of the most talented. She's just, like, a total shredder. Um, she's so fun to play with. She just explodes with energy. Like, oh my literally, gosh. she can't then, contain, uh, she can't sit in quiet. She can't sit there and be quiet. If you sit and there's mm-hmm. no noise, she's like, noise,
0: what's happening? <laughs> bah! And, like, needs to, like, be, you know, What exer- a brilliant like, person to be on stage uh, with her in the studio, because they're constantly, like,
1: Yeah, she's just power giving. you up. She's powering up. She is, like, a huge
0: <gasps> fucking...
1: I don't know. She's like a gigantic amp.
0: Is she is she producing
1: the album with you, or are you were like? So we wanted to. I, I we started actually. I was trying to finish this song,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I FaceTimed her, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Can you just play this on guitar?" Because I want I wanted to play with someone uh-huh. and sing along and kind of hear yeah. her play it, and then be able to like build it with her. And so we were FaceTiming, and I was like, "I have an idea." I think you should come out because she's in London. Mm-hmm, so I think you mm-hmm. should come out to LA, stay with me for like 10 days, and we'll just like, we'll make this, we'll make an album. Nice. In 10 days and just have loads of fun. And because I, I wanted to do something that wasn't, my last record took so long to make because um, I had a terrible experience with a manager who mm. spent all my money. <gasps> and I just got stuck in this period of, in the abyss. Uh, where what do you do was a terrifying question. And okay. it just took a really long time to like clamber out of it. And I guess it was about four years, really, of being stuck, not touring, not being able to release anything, being very lost, having no confidence. And having someone take advantage of you like that. Mm, oh, my God. The music industry is very exploitative, in my experience. Yeah. Um, and this is, unfortunately, a very common thing. It happens to a lot of people. Wow. Which sucks. But... I did a Kickstarter and got, you know, I got my confidence back. I got Glow. Mm -hmm. I got 222% Mm -hmm. funding on Kickstarter. I toured. I like kind of, you know. So the fans were actually there.
0: Like the fans were probably like, the fans are. What happened? Oh,
1: yeah. And there's actually a documentary that just uh, has been screening at festivals and was on BBC iPlayer called Underestimate the Girl. And it's Mm -hmm. about those years.
0: Wow. Because
1: these women the beginning of 2014 when I moved here, these women had heard about my show at Coachella Uh through a mutual Uh hairdresser. It's how random. Welcome to LA. Yeah. (laughs) And they said they wanted to shoot with me. Uh And I said, okay, I was just saying yes to things. And then that was like, April or something it was after Coachella so whenever that would be after Coachella Uh uh-huh and then it was December that year when I found out that stuff was going Uh on so they were shooting with me throughout and then we carried on shooting until a couple of years ago
0: that's so vulnerable also to be able to have people documenting that part of your life
1: Mm -hmm. I think it almost helped because it gave me purpose because Mm -hmm. I had nothing else Mm -hmm. stable and it was like I'm making this story. Right. And I don't know what the end of the story is, and I hope it's a happy ending. Well, because you're in the middle of the story. But oh my I'm God. gonna like expose this and talk yes. about it and it gave me something sort of like righteous to hold on to. Um so it helped a little bit.
0: That sounds to at least anchor you during your yeah. experience like yeah. that. Oh my um,
1: God. so why did I talk about that? I can't remember. Um because
0: that's the nature of this podcast. <laughs>
1: what were we talking about? <laughs> I had like, I was on
0: some journey. We were on the journey of music and then you were talking about your new album and then you talked about the documentary, which I really want everyone to know about (laughs) too. So the reason
1: I said that is because I just have had this long experience of Mm. one album over four years and I just wanted to do something really fun, yeah, low key not think about release and money and promotion mm-hmm. and how's the, it going to be received and who's going to release it and blah, blah, blah. I was like I just want to be in our bedroom and write an album and just have a laugh and do music exactly. because we love it and well, because that's we love you, playing you probably together. started
0: playing music wasn't yes. it? to be like if only I could strategize an album release. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I love doing that yeah. <laughs> exactly
1: let me like... create a pitch deck for this album exactly so yeah. then you'd
0: be like a marketer as yeah exactly like... <laughs> if you were like i play yeah. the guitar but my real passion is pitch decks <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. um so what happened so she came so out so she came out and we just did it we just hung out with me and linda and my dog stella And we just like played, I, okay, so we decided I was going to produce it and she was going to engineer. Neither of us, Mm -hmm. I produced one album in 2010 with a lot of help from an engineer, Mm -hmm. but it was really like my first time fully being in control of everything. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know what I'm doing. And Linda has been doing bits of engineering, but... Again, it was this whole attitude of we don't really know what we're doing. So that's why we're going to take on these roles. And Uh our motto was
0: fuck it, who cares? And that's, I'm so (laughs) glad you said that because I talked to other female musicians Mm. and producers that for so long, despite the fact that we actually kind of are producing an engineering or we don't own it. Yeah. We're like, oh, I kind of don't know. Whereas then sometimes you step into a room with a man who's like, I'm a producer. Yeah. I've watched a tutorial in Ableton. Yeah, exactly. And then he's like, I'm a producer now. And you're exactly. like, wait, what? And I've we been... did
1: have to watch those really boring YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. When they things start... go wrong, you're like, oh, because they're like... <laughs> <laughs> okay so now let's open logic and when you fill up this you can see blah blah and you're like kill me kill me, kill me exactly kill me, and you have me, to me, full screen me. it because you, you're like and you which have menu to, are they going you have into? to like listen to the whole thing because you don't know when your bit of information is going to come up, so you're like
0: yeah I, yeah I usually <laughs> have it off. I kid you not I have it queued on the iPad so mm. then I can look at the computer but I do the same thing where I'm like focus Schaefer just focus it's going to get to you can do this you can do
1: through this you will not die of boredom
0: that's so exciting though. So is yeah. that is that? So we built done? that
1: together, mm-hmm. and then I we which was so fun. We built out like ten songs in ten days. Mm-hmm. Then it was like that was before the summer. Then over the summer, I shot a movie and was touring, so it was very busy and like very oh back and forth. Yeah, and so it all kind of got put on hold. Mm-hmm. And then I came back and have just been finishing it, and it's yeah. like done. So <gasps> I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Yes. So Absolutely. I'm kind of coming up with like a fun like idea for release, which now mm-hmm. I'm like getting heavily involved in the creative process of like, how am I going to like release this and, and make it fun and not think about playlists and mm-hmm. how many likes my Instagram has, and, like, <laughs> how many people like like, care, like I just don't care anymore, I don't care, it's fun, like whatever, I can't
0: I think also from what you've said, you've can't. proven that you connect with people. Like people I, are yeah. there to catch you and people are like, we feel what you're doing. We're going to come and help you. Yeah.
1: And you know, like, like I have to just trust that and just go with it and know that I think in your career there's going to be these moments of where you feel actual success and then a lot of it is just floating in the abyss and thinking, uh-huh. I don't know how I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thinking a solid. Hopefully it's fine. Shrug. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes it's really fun. Yeah, and and I, mean, I think that's why playing live is so great because when you're playing live, you feel this tangible thing and. Live music is where you can see your audience right in front of you. Exactly, you, you get you know you're having feedback. an effect on people because you physically see it. Because mm-hmm. they come up to you mm-hmm. afterwards, they tell you, they buy your merch, they've bought a ticket to be there. Exactly, they're like screaming and cheering and happy, or listening intently and like sharing. And and I think that when you tour, you feel although you feel tired and a wreck in many ways, you feel solid and happy, and like you're on a, a train that's actually on a track yes whereas the rest of the time honest. you're just on a train that's like <laughs> kind of wibbly like, train what's happening is this a
0: train are we in the channel yeah no. <laughs> it's very dark yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah. oh wait this is a cardboard box and yeah. this isn't a train at all let me get out of
0: this why have I been in here why am I in
1: this <laughs> why didn't I tell me this was an old train
0: damn has wheels painted come on come believe the that train? happened again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it happens every other yeah, Tuesday it's, it's terrible yeah <laughs> I was yeah. wondering, I was like, so you get that immediate feedback with like live music. Yeah. When you're doing acting, how best do you get feedback for that? Because that's like a whole other area of your life. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I think it's a different experience and um, I receive it all in a different way. Music is very instant when you're doing a live show and you are. I am the, to go back to the train, I'm the train driver.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or sometimes that a pie. Like when I'm doing music, I'm I'm the baker of the pie. I'm making my pie. Got it. I'm putting everything You're together. You're in the I'm, pie shop. You've got yeah, I'm this. like, okay, I've got to make this pie. And then when I'm acting, I'm like a, an ingredient in the pie. And oh. someone else is making the pie and I get to be the cherry filling or like, you know... Some flour or whatever it is. Zesty
0: rhubarb in there.
1: <laughs> Baking powder. I don't know why I um,
0: just called it <laughs>
1: zesty rhubarb. <laughs> um, or zesty rhubarb.
0: <laughs> My so alter ego. Zesty rhubarb. <laughs> zesty rhubarb. <laughs> that sounds like one of those memes where you have to like combine like, an adjective and like a Z- bizarre herb. <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, having ADHD. Great. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) So, I'm Zesty Rhubarb. Yes. We're doing Zesty Rhubarb. She's a wonderful (laughs) ingredient in in any production. That's so cool, though, that Um, you get to bring, like, other people's visions to life in that way. And
1: you do a lot of, like, it almost feels studious because Mm. a lot of it is reading and writing and... um, you know creating things by yourself that no one is ever going to know about you know that's kind of the fun thing about acting is the things that you put into your character can be completely secret and you you know you've 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 been studying this human and you're studying um people essentially and I just find that really fascinating and satisfying
0: because then that person has their own inner world that we get to see kind of in dialogue yeah it's like But, but there could be
1: so much created behind that that you don't know about, and so it's kind of this weird, like nooky, like booky, like study feeling, yeah. which I l- really like too. And then I'm so lucky because I work on a show where there's fifteen women who yes. do actually give you response and support and excitement about performance. You know, when we're on set with Glow, if people do something, everyone's like, "That was awesome!" Oh <laughs> You're like yes. Yeah,
0: they're like uh, no one's like, ah, ha, 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 that was so bad.
1: <laughs> like it's so That's supportive. so heartening to
0: know because it's like Yeah I uh, speaking of ADHD will sometimes watch television but sometimes forget it's on and wander away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas when I <laughs> I was like, Oh, I'm gonna be interviewing Kate. Yeah. Oh, I should watch GLOBE. Yeah. I actually like it made me sit and watch it. And oh, I think cool. that, that might be why is that mm-hmm. when I was watching the interpersonal dynamics of the characters, you can tell that people do have that inner world going on. Because sometimes if you're watching something where where people are either, not playing to a stereotype, that's the wrong way to put it, but it's like playing to a type or playing kind of Mm -hmm. shallow, Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Whereas that was really gripping because there's so much of the characters that's like not said. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm going to pay attention. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think everyone is so talented on the show and brings these surprising things to yeah. the table and and also we learned to wrestle together so we'd already been in each other's crotches a hundred times and that's like one does. unusual <laughs> <laughs> and I think that it really you
0: can a, see that it's a team <laughs> exercise you can see how
1: much time we've spent in each other's crotches
0: well because you're physically
1: <laughs> I, I like, like to think
0: and now I'm
1: <laughs> A different kind of abyss. A
0: different kind of abyss. With zesty <laughs> like, it's so like, because the physical rapport for that role, you yeah. really do have to be like you trust all each up other. in each other and trust each other because yeah. you're literally. That's also interesting yeah. that the starting episodes are that you're, quote, learning to wrestle. Yeah. After you've already, quote, learned to wrestle. We had to go back. I'm they like, told us oh. we had to,
1: for the first episode, kind of erase some of the stuff that we'd learned for the physical performances so that we were worse because we'd gotten good by it we do a month's oh, training
0: so that way you had to well that's we had actually to go back a little bit that's honestly good because then you'd learn how to like how to fall and how to yeah, yeah things like that yeah
1: yeah yeah and and um and I think that that bond has just carried us something there's something special so special about that physical bond
2: yeah
1: you know doing stuff then we didn't know how to do that we fail at, that we we could hurt ourselves doing, Mm -hmm. that we have to protect Mm -hmm. each other during quite seriously, Um, I think that creates something really special and I know that's really unique, you know, that's not what I'm going to get on every single thing I work on. Especially
0: such like an ensemble cast where it's like then everyone really to
1: bond like that. The truest ensemble,
0: (laughs) some might say, we
1: should have won a couple of awards, one might, as an ensemble, say, <laughs> one might wonder who has been nominated for best ensemble this year and and ask why. why
2: not me, not?
0: but <laughs> why not the ensemble? Well, I love, I love. We the...
1: are yes. a fucking ensemble, all right. We yes. we learned to wrestle. Fifteen women. One was a professional wrestler, who has helped us like we've like bonded together the rest of us didn't know kira never acted we're a fucking ensemble
0: we are the ensemble i wish everyone could see the like intensity of the like (laughs) you're like in it to win it right now i just think
2: like
1: fuck everyone else like the mic just melted are awesome
0: Like I said, I think you're awesome. I I, I will literally forget <laughs> that a television is on and yeah. walk into another room. And this actually had me... I was sitting on this very couch. You can't ignore something that yeah. iconic. I mean. Yeah. I was just like... I was sitting here <laughs> and I, I found myself... I, I was like, wow, I am sitting through multiple episodes. That's so cool. They're also, I,
1: like, I think, really well made because they're 30 minutes. But it doesn't feel... You watch it, you can watch it really easily and quickly, mm-hmm. but you, mm-hmm. there's depth in every episode. You yes. know, it's not rushed yes. and like cheap. It's, it's still so much depth, even though we have short episodes. Which it I feels like it always, it,
0: like the, because I watched most of the first season and mm. it felt like it like, it hit different beats and it hit them at the right pacing, mm. but at the end you still wanted to learn more. You weren't like, oh, it's resolved. I don't have to go on to yeah, the next yeah, one. Yeah, You're yeah. like, oh, that <clears throat> did hit those points, but I'm curious about what happens What's gonna next. What's going to happen now? Exactly. Oh, too. <laughs> I was just like, that's so much fun. Cause then like, what's it, was this the first time you've acted on something where you did get to kind of be with that character yeah. for so long?
1: yeah hundred percent. It's like I've only done a couple of indie things before. Yeah. Rhonda's the first character I've really developed and fit into her skin so comfortably and mm-hmm. become. And she's positively impacted my life. And <clears throat> I've been able to be with her for three Going on four years, so yeah. that's so cool, and I think one of the best experiences you could hope to have as an actor is develop a character for that long and like, yeah. you know, and be enjoying it so much. I was just you know? thinking,
0: I was like, because I mean, at least writing music, I'm sure it comes from different parts of yourself and your experience, but acting like that, it's like you get to hang out with your your own like bestie, <clears throat> but your bestie's also you.
1: It's so weird because psychologically, <laughs> it's taught me some stuff that I didn't realize that, you know, Rhonda's this very, she doesn't, she doesn't think like me in Mm -hmm. many ways and she's freer than me in some ways. And I feel like, but that is also me, you know what I mean? Because I'm playing her and I've decided that and I commit to that. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember when
1: I did my first nude scene, it was this really interesting experience because I was so nervous about doing it. Yeah. And then, but I really wanted to do it. Because it, I thought it was so cool that it was just girls changing. I mean, girls change in front of each other exactly. all the time. It's very normal. Exactly. It's how girls act, and I loved what it was between Carmen and Rhonda, and how she'd never had girls change in front of her before and yeah. stuff. And they like laughed and had this like little friendship moment that their friendship like builds on throughout the show. Yeah. And um, and I was so nervous to do it, and then as soon as action, I was like, I'm Rhonda. I cannot feel any nerves because Rhonda wouldn't because she's just with her friend and you get into the zone and I'm like okay I'm acting I'm yeah you're like I'm here I'm here like, I'm here. gonna be Rhonda as soon as it's action there's no nerves I'm just Rhonda and it's like action it was like Ronda and I did the <laughs> scene and it was like cut and I was like oh my god
0: they <laughs> <laughs> you like oh no I'm okay, kidding <laughs> I'm like oh my god breasts are out (laughs) of all these people (laughs) they've escaped god (laughs) collect them back in (laughs) and I'm quite
1: like I feel very free like that in front of my friends and everything but it's very it's quite
0: weird doing it in front of a whole crew well cause in some ways yeah Um, it's like once once that like spell is broken you realise where you are and you're like yeah, train box. Yeah, this was a
2: box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like.
1: but it just made me realize how you can actually choose to feel anxiety and nerves, and you can choose mm. not to. You can choose to be confident.
0: Mm-hmm. Had you had you struggled with feeling that before, like in other settings? Yeah, loads like
1: of you? times yeah. in my life, I feel like that. And I just thought that's so fucking crazy that I could be really, really nervous and then want and choose to commit so much to my character who would not feel nervous and just doesn't in that moment so I become Rhonda Uh uh-huh but that's me also controlling that so I like thought wow Wow. what else can I use that how can I apply that there's these things that make me anxious how do I get into like the Rhonda state of mind that I can commit to for my role as Kate when I want to go into a room confidently or I want to approach something confidently to have that. Because I actually have that yeah. power and I didn't know I could switch that button on. Yeah. So it's
0: quite mind-blowing. And to feel that, because someone could tell that to you, like, cognitively. They mm-hmm. could say to you, oh, don't be anxious. But once you have that, yeah, emotion, you're like, cool. Yeah, you're like, great, for that you. advice. Yeah, I'll go do some yoga. Yeah. But then I was like, <laughs> well,
1: Rhonda's not anxious. And I'm like, bang on. Like, Yeah. It's like a trick of the mind. I think we're, we, we, as humans, we kind of do like being tricked into doing things. It's kind of easier. Mm-hmm.
0: So if you can find mm-hmm. your own
1: healthy tricks...
0: Yes, because I there's think, many unhealthy yes. ones
1: that we can take also <laughs> that I have gotten caught up in before. I think, but
0: well, and having <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds like going through this experience helped you find a healthy way to do it to mm. tap into that visceral feeling of yeah almost an altered state where you were able yeah, this to freedom. emotionally experience it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, that's fascinating. Like, did you ever feel anxious like when you were performing as a musician before? Are you excited yeah. when you're
1: I get anxious before every single gig I get really uh-huh. really scared mm-hmm. and I used to be scared on stage a bit but I'm at the point and have been for a while where now I just get insane nerves before but as soon as I walk out it's no like it's, I'm in the zone and I think it's the adrenaline rush you know uh-huh. I, t- I trust that it is but still every time I, I say I can't believe it, I'm so nervous it's so weird I've done this a thousand times why am I nervous ah! and
0: uh-huh. then I walk out and I'm uh-huh. like Pow. you're like hello
1: yeah and it feels really natural but yeah. i think it's all part of the the thing you know it's all part yeah. of the prep to go on well i think cuz you have to sh-
0: yeah cuz in order to perform you have to tap into so much of yourself mm-hmm. you have to be larger than mm-hmm. yourself
1: yeah so and you have all
0: this energy like waiting to be released that's mm-hmm, kind of
1: flying mm-hmm. around like like fairies in your chest you're like oh my god i'm going to i'm going to i i'm going to get on now get me on get me on get me on
0: <laughs> I like that your little hair bun was like. <laughs> like little the fairies like, are in that. Hair ten a just going. Ah. <laughs> Where I was curious, I was like, "Where has Rhonda's new superpower like helped you out?" I was just like, "That sounds really useful to know, know that you're like, I, know. I can go in and like be
1: confident." I think honestly, wrestling as well is part mm-hmm. of that, and being around all these women that have been so supportive, and we lift each other up so much. Yeah, and I think we kind of challenge each other in different ways, and. I've just learned to accept all these differences on set around each other for like 14 hours a day.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think I definitely carry a different level of confidence because of that, Mm -hmm. about, you know, what I'm doing and and who I am and that I can do these things that I never thought I could do. These wrestling moves. (laughs) Yes. I never thought I would be able to do that stuff.
0: Had you? I was gonna say it's such an unusual role in that way. Yeah. That not only does it have like, the emotional depth, and as we talked about, the ensemble depth, best ensemble, best depth. ensemble depth. <laughs> but it also has such physicality mm-hmm. to it. Like, had you been involved that much in athletics before? No, not or, like...
1: at all. Not yeah. at all. Um, I've always been like freakishly
0: strong. My
1: granddad was a boxer, and he was always really proud of, that I could pick up like gigantic bags of compost and stuff. <laughs> that my <That's> sisters <laughs> couldn't, <laughs> and my mom would like get me to go to the garden center and help her carry stuff home.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> You're like, so I got the freakish strength. Yeah, I so down. I had
1: the freakish strength, but the uh, the no, I'd never been athletic. I never felt like I was athletic. It made me kind of, I just never really got into it at school. Mm. I did a bit of netball. I did some swimming, but I was never a serious athlete. And I think that. Once you realise that you can be these things, even if you think, oh, I, I, I can't be that, I could never do that, I don't have the body type, I haven't got the fitness, I haven't got that, you can do so much more than you think. Right. Because I never thought I'd be fucking, like, flipping and wrestling. <laughs> I think, what do, what? how old was I when I started? Like, 28? 20, something like that? 28? 20, I think I was 28 when I started. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I learnt to do that, 28, having never done it before. Wow. Or 29, I can't remember how old I was when I started.
0: Well, but. yeah, and that's when people, I feel like, start to kind of limit themselves. Like, once we start to get you towards You start our thinking, 30s. oh, yeah. I'm done with that.
1: And all yeah. these
0: stupid things that society tell you that you have to be
1: doing by this age, or you yes. can't do because you haven't done that, and you just kind of assume, well, if I was going to be flipping, I'd have started doing I'd it. I'd have flipped by now. I'd have flipped by now. <laughs> I am never going to flip. And, like, I'm telling you, you could probably flip tomorrow if you... See, you, there's a car flipping <laughs> a right, car flipping right now. now. If you if you put in a few weeks practice, you could flip. Late in life <laughs> flippings. Anyone? I, okay, so in a way it makes me think of the album because, oh. you know, I I could approach that thinking, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'll figure it out. There you and go. I've had this conversation, uh, conversation with Chavo Guerrero, who's a world famous wrestler, who's mm-hmm. one of the wrestlers that, well, he's the wrestler that teaches us. How to Wrestle, oh. alongside our um, these two amazing, incredible stunt women. And Chavo says that, you know, because he's always wrestled, he kind of, like, learns how to figure this stuff out that he thinks, oh, I don't know how to do that, and then proves that he can do it. So he says, you know, I, I can apply that to anything. He's like, when something breaks, in like the laundry in the house, he'll just, mm-hmm. like, figure out how to fix it, because mm-hmm. you actually can figure a lot of this stuff out, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that kind of helped me just go into the album and think and
0: just approach lots of
1: things in life thinking, I can figure this out.
0: I love that. And especially within the attitude of like, I don't, I can choose something other than anxiety or fear Yeah. that you're like, not only do I have the resource to figure this out, but I don't have to beat myself up about it. I can just do it.
1: And sometimes you can't do that on your own, you know? The anxiety, fear thing can creep in and you might need someone to help ground you a little bit. Yeah. To go, okay, like you need to just breathe and stop and stop catastrophizing and panicking and all of that.
0: And I think there's no shame Uh, in that. Like like owning it and just being like, oh, I need to reach out to someone and actually. Exactly. So you were talking about that on this album, you were just like, no, I'm just going to do the thing. And then we were talking about that there's no shame in reaching out for help with said thing. Mm -hmm, mm Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like,
1: that sort of went into the album, and me and Linda, we just had loads of fun. I mean, it also was just about getting back to enjoying enjoying music. Yeah. Because so much yeah. of music now is, like, frustrating to deal with in terms of... <clears throat> I don't know how connected it is to social media and imagery and yes. what you have to put out into the world and how we all have to pretend we're like these the coolest fucking people.
0: Well, and I love that you did a it's documentary so that showed explicitly that it's like we are really cool, but also like we're people. Yeah, it's like there's there's humanity to it. It's yeah, honest. the
1: documentary was really honest, and I was actually quite scared to release it at first, but I'm really glad that it's out because it does show this kind of huge failure you know I'm saying that in like
0: I was marks. gonna say I love your
1: air quotes because I was
0: like yeah. failure I don't know I guess like the way I think about failure is I'm terrified of it but it's so instructive
1: it's just life isn't it like, like things go tits up sometimes exactly that's mean like, <laughs> like... what are you gonna do you can't really stop that
0: <laughs> exactly and so you can either embrace it and make a documentary and have people <laughs> be like oh yeah I'm on team as opposed to be like oh no, everything's perfect
1: I also wanted to try and change the industry because it happens so much that I yeah. just think there's something really fucked up about the music industry. It's extremely exploitative. There's no HR department, there's no union active for us. You're like and I think acting has shown me that I am much more protected in that world. You know, I have really? SAG, I have like HR department I have people to go to if there's problems or
2: and it's suddenly
1: this and especially now you know in the Me Too movement Mm -hmm, and Time's mm -hmm. Up there's so much on set to protect the the actor and I think and obviously I'm sure there's still huge problems as there is everywhere but I feel that like um, it's quite amazing to see direct progress from these movements and in the music industry what are you going to do? Who are you going to tell?
0: I had never if your manager
1: <coughs> fucks you over, you have no one to go to.
0: That's what I was wondering when you had said that. Is it no. like I was wondering about your personal resor- uh, recourse, and also then that is remarkable. I hadn't thought of it that way. Of like in acting, you do have structure around you. Whereas yeah. a musician, mm-hmm. you're right. It's like who who do you tell? Do you tell press? Do you tell your right. lawyer? Do you yeah. tell Like who do you <clears throat> yeah?
1: like and especially I mean years ago I only up until the last few years has like in any way the victim been taken seriously and not just like even more like victimized and oh
0: because also especially I'd imagine as a female artist people like oh she's hysterical she's emotional she's an artist she doesn't know what she's talking about yeah yeah and it's really easy to throw that around about
1: artists because our lives are so sort of um on they're just not structured and so there can be a lot of and there's a lot of artists with mental health issues yeah. so there's a lot of vulnerable people and i think that we need a huge union that actually works for people because otherwise then it's never going to change and it's right. this like nighttime activity live show there's drugs there's alcohol mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. <clears throat> people taking advantage of vulnerable people in lots of different ways yes. whether it's the promoter or the, the label or the manager or whoever yes. and you know not everybody's guilty there's plenty of good people out there but in in a on a whole, most people, most artists that I know have been fucked over by the industry. Yeah. Either in one huge way or multiple times throughout their career. That is most artists that I know. And, and I that's hate that it. it's like,
0: that's an, as, <coughs> you're, as you're speaking of this, I think of other artists I know and I, I can't think of one person that hasn't had an an experience like that, yeah, like yours was extreme of a manager taking all your money, which is like horrifying, Yeah, but the more you're talking about it, because at first when you brought it up, I was just like, oh gosh, yeah, that's bad, and then I thought about it, and I was like, I actually don't know anyone that that hasn't happened to, as I was scanning (laughs) through my brain, and I was just like, I know that I want to look at the best of things, and so that's probably why like, I, I block it out.
1: Yeah, and where do you go? I mean, yeah. who do you tell? Who cares? People yeah. don't even want to pay for music anymore. There's exactly. little value on what you're producing anyway. Yeah. And if you're not if you're not making like huge hits, you have limited people still in it. Really there's there's mm-hmm. diehard fans and people that are passionate about their acts, but there's also a huge culture of if you don't make this a hit right now, then on your first album you're dropped for the next one. I was gonna say then you know? you're
0: dropped and they own your <clears throat> masters. And, and I know that. loads of
1: people that's happened to as yeah. well, or yeah. people get their albums shelved or mm-hmm. whatever. Like that's the darkest thing. Yeah, and then they never one, see the light of day. Yeah, and it's like these cunts get to like sit there in front of this talent mm-hmm. and tell them what they like. I remember once having this meeting with this guy, and it was like when I was in sort of this low point. Yeah. And he sat in front of me and he was like, I was having this meeting with him about new music for, you know, his label. And he and he was a guy who had signed my, me to my publishing in 2007. And now he worked for this record label. Okay. So I knew him from before and he said, and he sat in front of me and he was like, is this what Kate Nash looks like now? <gasps> and I was just... Thinking like I don't know what that means. It's kind of like when someone says to you, "Oh, are you wearing that?" and you're like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm actually wearing because it." Because I'm just like, how <sighs> could
0: someone ever say to you, "Like, are you are you the you now?" and you're like, "Of course, I'm the me now." This well, what does it my, mean? What, it makes uh, you feel uh, instantly insecure because yes. they're basically saying. It's like they're
1: saying they don't get it, or they don't like it, or they don't think it's good enough, and they're or kind of looking you. Or that you were better you.
0: before, and what happened to you? Was this a decline? Was yeah. this like, Yeah, and it
1: was this sort of, ugh. I almost had to be committed to what I was now, and he's like, oh, are you going to like make, you know, is this it now? Is this what it's going to be like now? And I'm like, I don't fucking know what I'm going to do. And first of all, I don't have to commit to you or yeah. anyone permanent. I don't have to promise you anything like also he should be honored to have <clears throat> the Kate Nash now but it's like, like these the... guys oh. are sitting there wanting their paycheck wow. and they're worried about getting fired because they're not getting anything to work because people aren't buying music right. so the industry's completely reshaped but it's still the fucking archaic structure which hasn't re- reformed well and also it hinders so upon it doesn't the work. Artists, so why would they it doesn't work so people yeah. keep like skipping from job to job and ironically Ugh. you know i'm thinking is this what you look like now? You signed me to my publishing deal. You used to be the head of this publishing company. Now you're working for this record label. And by the way, mm-hmm. I didn't sign to him. And he doesn't work for that fucking label anymore anyway. Because he probably bounced to another job. And he wouldn't give a fuck if he did sign me and then moved to another job and just left me at the label. And that's what happens to artists. They get signed mm-hmm. by someone and then they quit their job. And it's Yeah, like, and then
0: you don't have your connection at the label. Yeah, and
1: then, and then no, no one, one cares you are about and you, you. And you get shuffled
0: around. And... and they
1: keep telling all these artists, yeah. find your sound, find your sound. And it's like, what does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. Right. You're just scared and you want artists to sound literally like other artists so that you can feel like it's a guaranteed hit which is hilarious because the second you do that that's when it's not a guaranteed hit right although for some sausage factory some part of the sausage factory does work but it I doesn't work like, for everyone. I
0: was gonna say it, it seems like it works now in kind of that like almost like how Spotify created new genres essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where there's like that kind of like, one of my friends dubbed it like wallpaper music that they keep It's a, up it's with like, like I call it like pop physique playlists Yeah, where genre. it's like it has its role where that's like what mm. plays in the background of a car commercial or yeah, like yeah, yeah, a spin yeah. class where that's like yeah. it's the music for that but the people that are connecting to that aren't connecting to an individual artist. Yeah. Like that's why I think of like Billie Eilish where it's like people are connecting to her because she didn't yeah. sound like. I have a friend who works at a label
1: who found an artist that she thought was so talented, wrote yeah. her own songs, a singer, a great voice, like great talent, obviously. And the she brought it to like the head of her label, and he's like, "Well, you know, she's got a great voice and great songs, but what, I, what am I going to do with that?" <laughs> I don't know, like, but that's where the industry is. That's one of yeah. the biggest record labels, mm-hmm. like doesn't know what to do with a with talented, a talented artist. artist who can sing and has good songs and like, yeah. Now they wanna sign YouTube acts and all these different things that, I mean the industry's just changed so much and I think the problem is there's no union and the record labels Still rule, and they're based on archaic structures that were like made up in the f- I don't know when, a long time ago. I was gonna say, I mean, the structures
0: now. aren't matching what's happening, especially in regards to like <clears throat> streaming, in regards to how people value music. Yeah. Because I think that people, in some ways, even if they cognitively understand, they might not understand everything yeah, that actually yeah. goes into music or how people make money yeah. making music or, I tried or why that's be, like a
1: job. I've tried to be open with fans too, like explaining that, you know how. I can raise 150 grand to make an album, and it doesn't go very far. Right, you know, it's like right. when I when I'm paying people, I'm paying all the musicians on the record. I'm paying three grand per track per producer, seven hundred pound, mm-hmm. seven hundred dollars for like mixing 700 for mastering on each yeah. track you times that by 10 mm-hmm. where's that then you get three grand a month for a publicist then it's yep. three grand per track if you want to go to radio which doesn't even guarantee you anything exactly. at all but exactly but like you run out of money really fast then you have to pay the artist the photographer mm-hmm. the like Graphic. music video yeah it was like everyone does video on an extreme budget anyway
0: so uh-huh. no one's really getting paid loads of money anyway uh-huh. but it's like the money disappears really quickly. And then much less being able to pay someone to help you promote it so that people right. can actually see what you've made.
1: Yeah. So it's not like yeah. you get 150 grand and then sit there and are really rich. It's like that money disappears because you throw it all back into paying people to like make a record in even a very minimal way.
0: And I think also people don't understand in regards to that that also it's like even paying for your own basic living expenses mm. within that budget, that it's like while you're making this art... You still need to pay rent where you're living. You still need to eat food. Right, because it's your job. Yeah, it's literally your job. And it's like, then people don't understand that then if they're streaming the record, for, yeah. you know, like, because streams don't add up. I love that, like, <laughs> I got a Spotify check that one time was for, like, $3. Oh, and I look and I was just like, wow, that's like thousands and thousands of plays add to, like, $3. So You know you what have, I heard recently? What? Sorry, I just interrupted oh, what oh you were saying. Oh, go <clears> on. <throat> no, I heard that. All the like
1: extra money in Spotify that doesn't get collected mm-hmm. by artists that either they haven't been able to they haven't been able to find or contact or, you know, haven't collected it at the end of the year it gets given to like the top ten streaming artists.
0: They're like no diss on these. I artists, don't know that but that's, they're like the last people who would need that. I mean,
1: I haven't fact checked that, but it came from a very reliable source wow. who is like really with it about all that stuff. But there's all these weird like things like that that are happening where you're where you're just thinking like how, like, so many people just can't continue this. It's not sustainable. Well,
0: and I feel like also then people feel shame when they take on <clears throat> jobs outside of music, especially. Yeah. Like, people feel ashamed of having a day job.
1: Yeah, I had to take on another job. Yeah. I worked at Meltdown Comics <gasps> I love
0: Meltdown! Yeah. I miss Meltdown. I know, it's
1: so sad that it's gone. Oh,
0: what did yeah. you do at Meltdown? I worked
1: on a live streaming um, show that was like a shopping channel for geeks oh my god that, that's actually <laughs> and kind sold of amazing. star wars jewelry and stuff like that <laughs> oh my god and then i moved in with the guy who was running that because i like ran out of money and he had uh he's like come and live with me and he was my roommate and i'm still friends with him now and he's like Aww. one of the people that saved me during that period of time but yeah i became friends with all the
0: like meltdown nerds and it was really helpful the meltdown community is so <laughs> lovely yeah it's so sad that it's gone i know <clears throat> yeah and I feel like people are ashamed to even, like, talk about things like that. Like, I'm so glad that you said, yes, I took on another job. Because I think that also... Like, and that's in a t- dock too. Awesome. Yeah. Because, like, like you said, people want this illusion in a way, but we can't have <clears throat> the illusion of rock stars anymore if we're not paying rock stars.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you want an elusive, like, beautiful creature, you have yeah. to pay to, like, keep this elusive, <laughs> yeah. <little> creature alive. <laughs>
1: Feed the dragon.
0: Exactly. <laughs> damn, damn it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because yeah. people, it's just like, do you think we just live on like, you know, good wishes and yeah. Yeah. and enjoyment? It's like no. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's just a lot of disillusionment with like. Actually, just just this morning I got into an Instagram fight with someone because which I don't really do very often. Only when a someone really catches me at the right moment. Mm-hmm. But. I was posting about the election and voting Labour and um, mm-hmm. this guy posted some comment that was like, oh, you dream chaser, you know, I'm sure you, you get the, some tax fiddle thing anyway, What? blah, 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 and I just kind of replied, you know, winding him up and joking back, saying... Oh, yeah, I play the tax fiddle at every show. <laughs> yeah. I just play no hands, just through my nose, blah, 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 blah. And then he replied this whole thing saying, yeah, and your parents, I'm sure, voted Tory anyway. And I don't know what you was saying. But he kept calling me a dream chaser and saying what? 99% of dream chasers fail anyway. And, oh, sorry, I'll be, I'm busy. I'll be right back. I just have to go get a coffee off a coffee breester slash songwriter who can afford a new Apple Mac but moans that he can't afford a house. And I was like, of course he could Like, yes, do you know that there are hundreds of thousands of pounds of difference between a laptop and a house? <laughs> what are you
0: fucking What on are you about? on about?
1: <laughs> that makes no sense. I hate this argument that having an iPhone and a laptop means you should shut up about not being able to... We can't afford fucking... Not we, but people can't afford houses because exactly. they are so fucking... Like, what? It doesn't make sense. It's not and the same as buying what... a laptop. And if no. someone invests in their own fucking art and they're a dream chaser, which... By definition, I know this morning, if someone has the courage to, like, <laughs> chase their dreams... I was that's, fucking say, that's awesome. an awesome thing to Why do to you be? have a problem with that? And ni- 99% of them fail. What you? That's no... St- you're basing
0: that on what, sorry? What statistic is that? person that? probably failed at their dream or was not courageous enough to right, pursue Right, and they're it.
1: just a fucking idiot on the internet that's, like, part of the whole problem.
0: Well... <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, is like equivocating, there's the other part of that, of like the suffering young person, the suffering artist, where it's like, yeah. if you're chasing your dream, you have to suffer. Yeah. And in some ways, like, we, we already suffer enough.
1: Everyone, and, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I don't think we need like extra suffering. <laughs> <laughs> like... The world doesn't need
1: extra suffering, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's like, things are hard enough without having to fit into some sort of stereotype of being like, well, I guess if I'm a musician, I gotta suffer some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And also, like, to be so, in a way, like, I'm trying to think of what would even make someone that uncharitable to others other than just being miserable.
1: Having a keyboard and sitting behind uh, their own fucking Mac computer.
0: I don't know how
1: (laughs) they could afford to be on Instagram and live in a home.
0: I mean... I know. The audacity.
1: It's so stupid. I just feel like we're in this weird, like, time of, you know, just being... Dumb and celebrating that, and just attacking people for no reason.
0: Well, and I feel that people people attack others. Cookies. Eat some cookies. I need a cookie right now. Just yep. getting
1: like really annoyed at Boris Johnson and like, freaked out. And, like, <laughs> you know what? And that is. I need a valid. cookie and an axe.
0: I'm gonna see if my little dwarf hand can like hack <laughs> this. Otherwise, oh no, Sam, can I throw this at you? Oh yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really bad aim. <laughs> 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 It's weird,
1: like, handles. This
2: is setting. Hey! I looked up the. The
0: Virgo moon will get. Look at that! Oh! Nazi's on it! (laughs) Tearing it with his teeth! You got, like, feral on there. I
2: looked up the royalty thing, by the way. What? Uh, Spotify oh. claimed royalties. Yes. Yeah. Um, is that true? What so what it looks like, and this is with the Thank you, most naughty. recent copyright law yeah. into effect. Yeah. Um mm. if the royalties haven't been distributed within three years, right, then they go to artists determined by market share. What? So I guess that I mean I I the way I read that is, in effect, what you were saying. Like just, Taylor Swift. Oh. Exactly. Depending on how much of, you know, mm-hmm. their revenue comes and from. And so many items. people
1: aren't being looked after, probably. Yeah. So, right. Or they don't know themselves. Or if you don't have a manager who's accountable,
0: which so many people don't. Yeah, like, if you don't know your own distribution Or someone and sells and like you, that.
1: oh, yeah, you're getting paid. You're like, cool. Right. And then you're not. Yeah. You know, three years later. Like, I mean.
2: Supposedly, they're institution that they're coming up with or a, a body that will mm-hmm. regulate this and, and will be in yeah. charge of that but there's a lot of infighting mm-hmm. around yeah, yeah, yeah. who will manage that right. they're looking for a mon- non-profit to take over but they're obviously but
0: they're a for-profit companies. so how would they take have a non-profit takeover of
2: they're their... looking for a separate non-profit to kind of arbitrate uh, oh. and manage the, in terms of, like, right. determining who owns this copyright and who will get the royalties and things right, like that. Right. This all comes from, like, a really cursory search, but... Mm-hmm. It sounds like a feudal system. It yeah. really
1: does. I love the research going on, live research. Welcome <laughs> to having an investigative
0: That's journalist so here. <laughs> Miss really you, you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I was wondering, also, like, given that the state of the music industry clearly is not working and is exploiting people, what would you want it to look like? Um...
1: I think there should be, like, everyone
0: should be audited
1: regularly, all the time. Mm -hmm. Record labels, publishing, companies, and managers. And if they're not on, like, this official list that agree to be audited Mm -hmm. by an outside body Mm
0: -hmm.
1: every year, then Mm -hmm. no one signs with them or works with them because they're not trustworthy and they're obviously just going to screw people over.
0: This fills my heart.
1: That's what should happen. Because it would stop so much. Like, so many managers, like, steal... Record labels resist paying people for as long as possible. I have struggled to get like big chunks of money that I earned years ago out of out of like multiple companies before.
0: That's horrible. So then, do you have to pursue them or send a lawyer you, after them? My accountant to...
1: pursuing them for a year, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, oh, huge God. and most I think a lot of people end up giving up. Or it's obviously something that works right not most but a lot of people I suppose if you don't have an accountant or if you don't you know
0: well it takes resource to be able to pursue that exactly because you have to have the time the tenacity the money the money to do to do it
1: and I think that um if everyone gets audited you know they they have to be this like accountable transparent company or body or person or whatever company and if they don't yeah, if they don't agree to be on it, it becomes like an official list of like reputable people in the industry. Because there's no, there isn't that.
0: I was gonna say because like it's all word we... of
1: mouth or just like what yeah. already exists, and they've already screwed over so many people.
0: Well, and that's what happens. I, I don't know if this happens amongst your circle, but amongst like my circle of musicians, if someone reaches out to us, whether for production, collaboration, anything. Um, we'll all kind of check in with each other and be like, oh, do you know this person? Have you worked with them before? What's your experience been? Yeah. Especially when men reach out in regards to production work, especially because then you're like, oh, I'm going to be alone in a room with this person. Yeah. Like you want to kind of get reference. You want to know
1: if you need to bring your axe or
0: not. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, is this an axe-friendly writing (laughs) session? Yeah. Is every session an axe-friendly writing session? (laughs) 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 Like... And having that in regards to the business, like, because people do get exploited, and I think you're very right, that then being in the acting world, I hadn't thought of that connection, but it would show you that there are systems in place to keep you from being exploited. Yeah, and an HR department,
1: someone you can go to and you have a serious issue that could help you source a lawyer, if you don't Mm -hmm. have a lawyer, if you can't afford a lawyer, Mm -hmm. that can help you source, you know, like I think some kind of outside body that just is like, the trusted source for a musician that they go to and they go this is my problem this is what I need help doing and yeah. You trust this body because they're not just trying to like exploit you for money
0: right because <clears throat> I think that in a way like there are kind of like the rights organizations but those are really only to advocate for getting paid they're not no, yeah and for... no one
1: is part of a union that does anything for them exactly it's like all are very old-fashioned a lot of the exactly stuff. I think there's, like, a union that exists that just doesn't even accept hip-hop as a genre of music. It's, like, from, like, the 50s or something. I was going
0: to say, is this a union of, like, all white people? I'm sure. It's, <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, people are accountable kind of through the Whisper Network, and other than that, not really. Yeah. Ugh. So in a way, now you're a musician, an actor, and an advocate.
1: And also, like, who... Sorry, that just made me think you know someone there is going no we're not going to pay you or we didn't account for this money and then it gets chased and figured out by someone else there's no repercussion for those people
0: that's also what you know I was there wondering.
1: should be you know my manager currently works with a huge artist and continues to work and will continue to work and make money and i think there should also be some kind of like you get fucking fired and people go that's someone i don't want to work with like yeah that's someone yeah. who shouldn't be employed and celebrated by the music industry. But it's know. like when
0: a lawyer gets debarred. It's kind of like, okay, right. if you can't practice the law, if you, steal, you can take away like your license. you are not allowed
1: to work in yeah. Yeah. Like whatever that the equivalent of that yeah. is. But or it's just kind of like again, they're they're taken off this official safety list, right. audited list. But then
0: if people do choose to work with them, it's kind of like at their you're own. You're on risk. your own you're in the Wild West yeah. then. Yeah. But
1: you really should probably try and find someone from the
0: union. I love that idea. Because then you don't have to rely on, because I'm sure that, like, you know, in a way, the people who are working with your former manager are probably like, oh, well, maybe he'll do this to me, maybe, mm. maybe he won't, maybe. Maybe they don't know. Yeah. Because I think about, was it Amy Lee from Evanescence that, like, her manager stole an insane amount of money? My God. I'm sure. Rihanna? Mm-hmm. Lennon Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm Yeah. And it's like, if you don't hear about it, or if mm-hmm. someone is dismissed, if you say, like, oh, this person stole money, and people are like, oh, don't listen to them, they're just the artist. Mm-hmm
1: yeah oh she's crazy she was on drugs like blah 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 exactly crying in my office the amount of times i've heard that story about especially female artists but
0: well and also why are the people who you're profiting off of their emotional vulnerability Mm -hmm. and then gaslighting them for being emotionally vulnerable right (laughs) you're like excuse me that's what that's what makes all of this art yeah and so now you're dinging me for having emotions yeah like
1: yeah yeah, I mean, there's definitely not enough, like, <sighs> mental health care either in the industry. Yeah. but
0: Well, and especially because recently. you started in the industry when you were quite young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, I know. It's so mad to think of me being that young and all these, like, older men around. Um, not that I had terrible... I didn't have any sort of moments where I think... I mean, I've, I, in my life, I have moments where I think, wow, I can't believe that happened, or I was really wrong. But in the music industry, it was more like... I can't believe no one was asking me how I was or saying, mm. you know, do you need time off? Do you mm-hmm. need a therapist? Do mm-hmm. you need a mentor? It was like, you're a donkey, we're making money. Keep going, keep going until you are so exhausted. You can't sing, oh. you can't, you keep it together. And I think oh. that's like what happens. People get like rinsed, you know? Ugh. Well, and then and the... dropping off fucking bags of drugs to like young people as well.
0: That I've heard about too. Where Delivery people, of yeah. like drugs mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. the
1: band at Soundcheck, and you're like, you are a grown up. Yeah, giving this to kids. That's fucked up. Yeah. Because I'm younger than those people were at the time when I was like seeing that. Wow. And I would never in my life send drugs to, like, a 20-year-old or 18-year-old or, like, be trying to get someone, like, fucked. Wow. I just wouldn't, because I'd be thinking I'm more responsible, I'm responsible for them in some way. I just think if there's, like, a younger, vulnerable person, I'm always really super aware that, like, they're so young and... I'm not trying
0: to intoxicate them. Well, and you were talking about being on set, like feeling that sense of protection from mm-hmm. the people around you support, as and support. And how professional the, the acting industry is too. Yeah.
1: Like in the music industry, you're encouraged to be unprofessional. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the rock star thing,
0: you know, exactly. like be fucked up, be on drugs, drink, you know. But somehow stay on top of a record label to pay you all your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and you're like, excuse me, what? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. Because, yeah, I think that one of the great things about music is that you can, in a way, you can explore that kind of darkness, but you don't have to live that darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can have protections against that darkness, but it sounds like they encourage it in a way. I think so. I think they definitely have, I've seen that
1: in my experience whenever that was going on. For me, it's like 2007, 2008. Mm -hmm. But I do think, I will say, like, on a positive, to sort of, you know, end it on a positive note that... Young people are really savvy, and I do feel like there's less culture of that going on. Because I think young people are sort of just more savvy than they... They just keep getting more street smart or something. They seem a bit more, like, less inclined to be wanting to... It's not just about partying, it's not just about getting fucked up, it's not about doing that every night. There's a lot of um, smart young people...
0: I do see that, like I work with teenagers sometimes, I'm like, spoiler alert, also a therapist. Um, <laughs>
1: like, Maybe there's just a lot more access to information from a younger yeah. age, so you're kind of learning more.
0: Yeah, you're learning how to good. collate that faster. Yeah, yeah. especially like, now there's that. a
1: record of everything as well, it seems more dangerous for people. That is true, that now like... It I It mean, can affect your future jobs and, yes. you know...
0: There's, like, the surveillance now almost of so many things that you do. Yeah, when people are like, oh, I looked at their socials. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, my God, so horrible. I'm so glad that, like, Facebook and Insta did not exist when I was that age. Thank God. It would be just a record of me looking terrified.
1: But just too much pressure as well and, like...
0: To have to also... You were talking about and I found this interesting, too, when you were like, oh, like, all all the media presence that comes with putting out an album because you have to put across... an image and in a way it's really fun to think of visuals that match an album but it's not fun to have to craft almost like a false persona it's
1: not fun to have to do it every day no (laughs) three times a day or like (laughs) Like... you know it's not fun to do it in the interim when you have to like try and keep up engaging i mean it's just fucking annoying like it's just it's also not fun that a selfie is the only thing people care about it's like the only thing the algorithm gets attention
0: from is like a picture picture of your face and that's that's what i wonder if it actually is and i'd love to study this like is it the algorithm is it an interaction Hmm. or is the algorithm training people to only like faces
1: yeah and then that's kind of creating this weird um you know experience where anything that happens if there's like you know these weird moments where there's like a terrorist attack in paris or something for example and it's like a picture of state you post a picture of yourself when you in, were in paris and you're like is, yes. paris means so much to me and when i was in paris blah 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 yes. blah and i'm just so sad and like it's actually weird that we now automatically team a picture of ourself to get any message across.
0: Yeah, It's like creating
1: this distorted, like... Well, and it's
0: placing I yourself in front of the narrative instead of focusing on the narrative of... It's It's like a false empathy. Yeah, because or you feel like you have star.
1: to post something because if you don't, you're ignoring it. And it's kind of like... Right. It's like, oh, of course we know that travesties either. are
0: horrible without mm. posting a Facebook status about how we know travesties are horrible. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But it's, like it's there's like a woke warrior kind of... Yes. You know.
0: Yes. Um. when you said that it reminded me of like with like Notre Dame that everyone started posting their selfies with yeah. Notre Dame. And you're like, yes, we know lots of it's people It's like idiot Notre Dame. Is yeah. it a joke? Like It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. And it's you're so like weird. And especially when you're juggling, I meant to ask you like I was like, you're juggling a lot of things, especially like emotionally juggling, having to do like being a character consistently as well as then being you as a musician. Mm. I'm like Oh, what's your downtime? Like, do you have (laughs) downtime?
1: I don't have a lot of downtime, but I also have two dogs.
2: (laughs) Yay! I have a
1: dog, and we just rescued another dog. (gasps) A puppy husky that was running in the road. What? I think there's some weird shitty breeder that lives near me because I've rescued two huskies within the month.
0: No. I mean, I'm
1: glad you rescued them, but
0: also,
1: like... But now we've taken on this second dog, and, um, and in general, my dog, Stella, who I rescued when I first came here... Like off both of them, I've gotten off the street, and um, oh. I just find that is really important. Um, I mean, I like I do like to take on multiple projects at one time mm-hmm. because I just like I enjoy that. I love being busy. I love creating. I love working. So I tend de- I tend to like take on a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the sort of interim periods, you know, I I have a dog, puppies, and that's a lot of work as well, uh-huh. and there's just always stuff to to be kind of i just feel there's always something going on you know it's uh-huh. like i don't know like what what my daily you know if you we were saying before like what, does your day yeah, look what like? is your it's day like like it's like very varied from get today i like got up worked out walked the dogs trained the new puppy came here doing a podcast going to my managers later uh-huh. working on a pitch deck like there's different things going on And then other days, I'm, like, in the studio all week, finishing Mm -hmm. the album, sending mixes, whatever. Like, you know, there's, like, the life just kind of...
0: It takes a lot of different directions. There's a lot of
1: different... And I like that. I like juggling things. I feel like I um, function best when I have a lot on my plate. Mm -hmm. When there's space, I get a bit, like... Oh (laughs) I'm the
0: same way where when someone I'll get really
1: delayed doing this then and like there's
0: always a way to like fill that space if you do have that space. Like when someone's like, Oh, you know, like sit and do nothing I actually sometimes need to practice doing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like definitely.
0: It's like And
1: I and I like doing I like watching T V and I like cooking and I feel like I have like managed to get myself to also like these grounded things from picking up dog shit (laughs) to doing laundry and like buying groceries and actually cooking and I'm uh-huh. vegan so I like think a lot about what I eat mm-hmm. and, and uh-huh. those things really helped me I think that build a routine and build stability which yeah. my life didn't have for my entire adult life up until I was about 28 it was just yeah. touring and that's that can put you into these like weird unhealthy patterns where you have to suddenly go I remember having a, a thought where I, I just realized that this idea of a future that I envision for myself isn't just going to happen I'm not going to wake up one day and be like... I live in a house with a dog. you know, whatever it is that you want. Like, it doesn't just come... You have to work for it. And that's obvious to me when it comes to ambition or drive or career. But I was also suddenly aware that my personal life... Uh, You know, what do I do in those in-betweens without having a meltdown because I'm not on tour or, right. you know, when it's not just doing a million miles an hour. Well, and you
0: were used to being shuffled around and having all that adrenaline and dopamine, go, 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 go. Yeah, so it
1: was really hard to not have it. Right. And I realized I had to learn how to be okay with it, and I had to learn how to create the life that I wanted to have when I wasn't on tour. Because I know you, how to How did to you tour. learn how
0: to do that? Because that's, I could imagine... It was very happened. difficult. Yeah, I was going to say. Because like, you'd been, that really informed, like, your entire, like, early adulthood.
1: Yeah, I think, like, also acting and getting glow. Mm-hmm gave me so much discipline Mm -hmm. because when I'm on glow and I have my call times at 4am, I have to be there at 4am. And I was so late for every, I mean, I still am late for everything, but there's like a discipline (laughs) that I have to like hammer into myself for glow that I think has helped me in loads of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I don't really like, I, I don't drink Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, and I'm not sober, I'm not like, I I didn't really have a problem with drinking. I've had a lot of boyfriends that have had addiction problems Mm -hmm. and I think as musicians we know a lot of addicts. Yeah. So I gave up drinking when I started training for Glow Mm -hmm. because I wanted to become a serious athlete and I just like didn't want the thought of a hangover or like even being hungover in and wrestling sounds like a nightmare that would be a nightmare yeah and also I just thought I want to take this seriously and be really athletic and I've never done that in my life so I'm just gonna not drink I'm gonna try to be really healthy and then we started filming and I just thought for vanity's sake I won't drink because my skin will be better No won't there be you. puffy so <laughs> that's good then if we finished right before Christmas and I thought wow I've never been I've never done Christmas sober as an adult I've done like sober Christmas as a child but you know you drink at Christmas (laughs) so it sort of became a little challenge and I was like I'll do December alcohol free it was great yeah and I was really enjoying it I was just actually like not I didn't miss it as much as I thought I was kind of surprised I was like oh wow like I don't had a couple of nights where I was like oh I'd really like like a glass of wine or something Mm -hmm. but but I actually felt really good about it And then I had a tour coming up in February and I thought this is really important for me to do this tour with no alcohol Mm -hmm. because this one thing that I do that I care about so much, like that's so associated with alcohol, I need to, it will be so great to prove to myself like I don't need that.
0: I was going to say to shift that perspective to challenge your habit. Yeah. Like what's it like? Like I don't don't
1: need my thing that I do before going on stage, like having a drink for confidence. Like I can just walk out and do that. And I'd like to prove that to myself. And I did and I felt good about that. And then I just said, I'll just uh, do a year because that's kind of epic to like not Amazing. drink for a year. Yes. And then after that, I just said, well, okay, now I actually I'm really liking this, and I yeah. don't really want to drink again. And if I do, I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. If I really want to have a drink one day, like it's not. I'm lucky that my life's not going to fall apart if I have a drink because yes. I'm not an addict. Right. So I'm lucky that I have that, but also like I really like the clarity and the space I don't know it's just something about being really healthy that I really like well, and it's, it's too, so weird and
0: it, <laughs> I just like, feel I like good a, and I'm like, like why
1: do I like it that? like feels
0: good to feel good
1: <laughs> but it really does and I and yeah. and I and I don't every, it's every now and then I think like, I went to Florida recently because my fucking friend moved to Florida because she's working for WWE so <laughs> like, right now I have to go on holiday in Florida um, very humid yeah but I, I was like, oh my God, I'm on holiday, I want to drink wine, that would be so fun. Mm-hmm. And then my other friend was like, don't drink tonight because we're driving tomorrow and you you can't be like hungover for the first day in ages because of like, and we're going yes. on this big drive. And I was like, fine. Yes. And then I just like go through these tiny little moments of wanting it and then and then the next day I'm like, actually I'm glad I didn't because I'm like... think you feel I'm, good? Yeah, I feel good. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't have a, any like at toxin in me today.
0: And I love that also that you value that, that you notice that you feel good and also mm. that you're like, oh I actually deserve to feel this way. So I'm gonna keep it. Yeah. Up.
1: And I and I also decided that if if I do drink again, I won't do it on tour ever again. Mm. Because we're not better at our jobs when we're drunk. It's so obvious. Shocking <laughs> It's so obvious. <laughs> no one else arrives at work and says, I need a bottle of whiskey, or I need a thingy of beer. Uh huh. And if you, if I don't get it, I'm gonna fucking kick off.
0: I'll never, I'll never. Forget. Oh my god. Why are we encouraged to do that? A friend of mine said one time that um, her her partner at the time had had trouble with meth use, and he's like, "Well, oh god. it's just that I have to use it for my job." And she said, "You install car radios." Oh my god. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So it's very true. Much like you do not, in fact, yeah. need meth. To install the
1: car radio. You don't need alcohol to do. You, and, and I get yeah. people, people have huge confidence issues, yeah. right? But it comes from that. Getting on stage can be really scary, but then it's also learned behaviors. Yes. Like you go on tour with someone and they drink all the time and you're like, mm. cool, we, we party this every is night. What we do. And it does feel like a celebration. And yeah. like there is alcohol around and I'm going to participate in that because like, why wouldn't you? Right. And then all of a sudden, this experience taught me that like, huh, I'm better. I am more in control. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. what I do is actually about connection.
0: Well, and then it's about like so, like yeah. numbing
1: that connection seems counterintuitive to like
0: yeah
1: what I'm trying to achieve at the gig,
0: right?
1: And this isn't a party; this is my job. Well, and so also I owe that, it to yeah. the audience to yes. be the best performer I can be,
0: and that's like respect for, for yourself me. too, yeah, which is amazing and my work. And yeah. so
1: I think like for me, like learning that has been huge. I
0: think other and, artists hopefully yeah. hear that message and are like, oh. I might give that a go.
1: It's really, it's been really great. And I think there's a really unhealthy um, partying. It's so fucking cool. Like, I'm so fucked up. I can drink so much. I'm crazy. I'm just like such a crazy motherfucker. Like, yeah, everyone is. <laughs> it's not really that cool. Like, You're there's like, like everyone can, can drink, drink alcohol, alcohol and throw up and like mm-hmm. carry on with their date. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. actually that. Like, it is when we're like really young we think that's probably the coolest thing ever but well
0: it's also rarefied in a way it's just
1: I don't know I'm not I'm not totally anti-alcohol culture because I did enjoy drinking when I drank but I think being in music it's like I see the toxicness that can come Mm -hmm. of like repetitive like You know, you a fan comes to a gig and wants to take a shot with you, and they go home and they get on with their working week, and that was their like night out. You go to the next town, and a fan in the next town wants to to take a a shot with you, you. and then you go to the next town, and a fan wants to take a shot with you, and that's like every day. And then on your day off, you spiral, and you because you're right because you're like feeling like shit because you're drinking different water every day, you're eating food, your belly's like what's happening, and then you're also getting toxins out, and it's like the more that we can do to like help ourselves in these really difficult um you know work environments where you feel quite unstable, your your body's being shaken by the bus or like you're staying in a shit motel with literally shit on the walls. You know, like there's all these things that we have to deal with that like if I can make it easier for myself, then maybe I should do that because maybe I'll feel better and enjoy it more.
0: Well and it goes back to the whole thing of like we all are gonna suffer anyway. (laughs) There's already stuff that's gonna go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Why make it worse on yourself? Like, why not make it slightly better? I just love that I used to think that having a drink made me better. But Uh it just made me
1: feel a bit more confident or something. And it's also, I look at it as kind of like a little self-indulgent, selfish Uh to be like, I need to feel this. Like, this is my night. And it's like, actually, people were paid to come and see you and you're a performer. And at this stage, I've been doing this for... 13 years mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: not my night every night <laughs> it's not
0: well and it's your it sounds like it's your shared night
1: yeah and that and mm-hmm. I and I am so proud of myself and in touch with myself now when I play shows and I'm like that was the fucking best show yeah. then I'm like so aware of everything that where, I'm, well I then don't know, you're not, you're no. embodied
0: in it and it almost sounded like when you were talking about like being in your character yeah but it's like you're present for it yeah it's yeah.
1: dedication to my art for me. yeah so that's kind of like I think a thing that helps.
0: And it sounds like cuz I was going to ask you what you would advise people in both music and acting like if mm. someone's like I want to get into this field what should I do and it sounds like part of it is being present for it.
1: I think being really driven, being really ambitious and like yeah. just having a like you do have to have that that sort of like go-getter get attitude just cheesy or cliche as that sounds it ha- you kind of need that.
0: Well I don't think anyone's going to be like <clears throat> oh yes I'm just going to Find this person <laughs> making music in their bedroom. Yeah. I'll just go to bedrooms and look for people making yeah, music. Yeah, yeah.
1: Although, MySpace, that was kind of what happened. Well, so,
0: I was going <laughs> to say, because, like, MySpace was, like, the, like, wild west of finding music, because mm-hmm. it wasn't corporatized when people were getting big on MySpace.
1: That's why they shut it down, because they had no control. Right. It was the one time in the whole of existence of people that something, probably apart from, like, folk music, I guess, but, yeah, like, it just was just free, and kids yeah. choosing what was cool, and people exactly. having careers out that. And you had so many different types of bands, like, coming out of that and having huge
0: careers because of it. Exactly. Because that... I guess SoundCloud kind of approximated that for a while, but then it became kind of uniform what became big on SoundCloud. Yeah. But, like, having it be curated in a way by people who are actually listening to it as opposed to someone who is, like, a tastemaker. Like, now it's, like, all, like, playlists and things like that. Yeah, and you have to, like, get on the playlist. Yeah. Yeah. And no one's going to seek someone out. You have to put yourself forth for someone to find you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like... yeah. Oh man, I was just like I never. MySpace was so cool. I never thought I'd be like pouring out from MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> like... But it really was it. It really was um, kids being in charge. Yeah, young people picked. Exactly. Yeah. Crazy. And it was derided for a way when people became like MySpace famous. Mm-hmm. But I think that it was legitimate because actually it was fame built on people actually engaging with them. Yeah. Yeah, there was no one in like, charge of that. Yeah, instead of now where it's like you can like buy Instagram likes, you can buy engagement, yeah, no. you can buy like so stupid and weird. Can you imagine being like, I'm gonna buy myself fifty thousand likes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would like some validation today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna purchase it. Yeah, exactly. That's I'm gonna so go to the internet store and purchase some. <gasps> yeah. Oh
1: my
0: gosh. So yeah, like go-getterness. Like what?
1: Yeah. um... I guess just belief in self I think like working on things that matter to you working on your songs working on your music
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know the imagery thing I think is so hard on young people
0: yeah
1: it's, it's like I see people trying so hard all the time with imagery and I'm like oh man I'm kind of glad yeah I'm really glad that although I'm part of it now that like I came up in this time when I was like I had like six photos on my space and I changed them when I did a gig <laughs>
2: maybe yes.
1: <laughs> I, it wasn't people weren't about the image but now right. the beauty industry seems to be like taking over and it's like you just need to like create images all the time that are just so beautiful and perfect yeah and, and it's um, like if you're
0: a visual artist that's great but if you're
1: not yeah. I think you need to like, like really people still connect with songs and a live show so yeah. do gigs like work on songs and, and like say yes to things and try things out and don't sign things and don't trust people don't trust anyone um, until we someone union. has proven themselves to you to be yes. trustworthy and you have to be like you do have to be kind of everything you have to be a you have to be savvy and a businesswoman and an artist and vulnerable and like although that sounds really intimidating i think that like you can like not know how to do all of it and learn as you go along as well because i definitely mm-hmm. did um,
0: i think being open to learning
1: yeah, but just don't get don't let the bastards get you down, like that's my mum always said to me, and it's like they can't win. They can't win and you can go through a lot of shit and get back up.
0: There you go. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a brilliant way to end the That's podcast. the close, yeah. That's the close. You yeah. can go through a lot of shit. And
1: get, get back, back up. up again,
0: <laughs> surprising, exactly. <laughs> oh.
1: Surprising how covered in shit you can be, right? And still stand and
0: still, and still get back <laughs> up. You're really weighed down, yeah, <laughs> you're,
1: you're thoroughly weighed down by actual shit, <laughs> and yet you can still
0: stand. Believe me, stand you. up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've really covered it all in this podcast excrement, the abyss, yeah. <laughs> There's a crow literally squawking
2: outside.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, okay. thank you so and much for joining match. us. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Why Not Both. Thank you again to Kate Nash for the fantastic interview and to Under the Radar Magazine for all of your support. Please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. And you can find us on social media on Instagram and Twitter. We are at WNB the podcast. Thank you again, and I'm really excited to see you next week.